You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Finally, mercifully, the Chiefs-Steelers game is over. A rain delay or a lightning delay or something made this thing go out longer than it could uh, or should have. And uh, the Chiefs fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 17-7. This is the AP Laboratory post-game show talking about uh, the preseason games. We'll we'll be doing it for the rest of the preseason. My name's Kent Swanson. I am joined by Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane. And it is way past your bedtime out in Carolina right now, my friend. It is. It is much past my bedtime, and I think I can speak for everybody, not even just Chiefs fans that watch that game, but for everybody, we are all losers after witnessing <laughs> whatever that semi-organized display of athletic ability was. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for you because you were writing kind of a little post-game or a, a game kind of recap article, and you're trying to find winners and losers or, or actually, no, I think you're just trying to find players of the game on both sides of the football. Oh, if How, I was finding losers, buddy, I could have wrote you out thousands right. of words. Yeah, but right. I needed to find winners, and I had to dig deep. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it was it was quite an ordeal there. Uh, I think there's still some things to take away. We're going to kind of just discuss some of those things. But, I mean, really sloppy football. Just really uninspired, wet, sloppy football multiple fumbles, multiple balls that were fumbled that not weren't recovered. Like it was just it was ugh, it was a root canal uh, of a game, Maddie. Well, and I think the part of the game that sums it all up the best was later in the fourth quarter when you get the mic picking up, they want to go home. <laughs> they want to go home, run it down their throat. Run for they run for a first down, the Steelers do, and they repeat they want to go home. And at some point in time, I just want someone to yell back, Yes, you're right, yes, we want to go home. You're right. <laughs> no, it it was uh, it was pretty gross, but I still think there was a lot of takeaways from this game, believe it or not, uh, because we are sick individuals. I think 18 game season that's the takeaway. We want 18 games with only two preseason games. I, or how about 16 games in the regular season and two preseason games? I don't want to add – or is this one of those – is it a 16-game max for these players too? Are we going to have Chad Henney playing two games of regular season football that counts? No, we're not We're not doing any max. You can play all 18 games. Ugh, no, this is – You just no. get two bye weeks. I feel bad for the players just thinking about that. Let's start talking about the first team defense. Yes, it was Mason Rudolph out there slinging the football around, but I thought that there was some positive takeaways from the Chiefs' first unit performance. What do you think, Maddie? just initially? No, we got to see the Chiefs' kind of full first team defense or what we expect it to be with Frank Clark was back out there, Alex Okafor was out there. 
So we got to see what we're kind of predicting the first team defense to be. And they looked good. They were still playing a very vanilla defense to start. They weren't going out of their way to take away, stop Mason Rudolph from doing any one thing in particular. They're just going out there, running the defense, evaluating these players, but they look stout. They look like they're going to be tough to play against up the middle. You're not going to run the ball down this team's throat like you've been able to do these last couple years. So that's the first takeaway. And I think my next big one is the defensive ends. They're rushing with power. Like these guys aren't just going to win because they jumped the snap. Frank Clark, Alex Oglefor, these guys are going to make offensive tackles work both against the run and the pass, and they don't need to just beat you with their speed. They're going to beat you up. They're going to win through power. They're going to rush you inside. So it was nice to see. I like getting to see the first string defense show up. We didn't get to see them last week. They played well for two series that were relatively short, and then they were out, and then things kind of went downhill for everyone. Yeah, and one of the things that you know Brett Veach talked about uh, earlier this offseason was how he thinks that uh, that these you know that a pass rusher it starts with the power it starts with the power players he believes in power players and I think they've got a really stout good group of guys that can play with power uh, and I, I do like that group I like how it's kind of starting to shape up it was good to see Alex Okafor get in there one guy that got some early run with with the uh, you know with with some of the first team players, we got to talk about him. Big Herb Miller out here getting run with the ones, Maddie. So everything was coming up aces for Herb Miller. And <laughs> then his athleticism kind of crept up on him. And I like mean that. And is it really crept? Because he got beat deep twice where he looked very slow. No, those were Carlos Hyde. That's the, you got the wrong 34 in there, Maddie. No, no, that makes sense now. Okay, they switched. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. yeah you're good. <laughs> Early in the game, Herb Miller came in for what appeared to be Traverius Ward. I think he played across from him a little bit too, but he got in pretty early on and he looked comfortable playing in off coverage. He seemed like he had a pretty good idea of what he was doing. Wide receivers, when they stayed in front of him, he broke downhill fast on them. He played the ball. He looked like a guy that fit the scheme. He understands what's going on, which is what you kind of want to see out of a young undrafted player. Yeah, no, and it it did kind of go go off the rails for him a little bit but you kind of flash some of the things that you know maybe earned him some opportunities to be playing that early he's a guy he's 6-2 uh he's long he's one of the youngest players on this roster he's still only 21 years old uh so he flashed some ability uh I think you know obviously consistency with all these young guys is going to be something that is going to creep up and bite them uh and you know but Herb Miller had a really really fun start today uh, and it was good to see him do some good things early in the game. Obviously, it did not sustain. Well, I think but, it uh, opens up a competition, too, for kind of that third cornerback spot until Morris Claiborne comes back, and I guess yikes. he kind of enters it, too. But Charverius Ward, he had ups and downs this game as well. He started the game off with a great pass breakup on third down where his feet weren't particularly good, but he made a quick break on the ball and he broke it up. And then as the game kind of went on, the Steelers started targeting him a little bit, and they were picking up chunk plays under his coverage, leading to a couple or a scoring drive. And then he comes back with an interception for a big return at the end of half. So he had an up-and-down game. Herb Miller had an up-and-down game. But here's two guys that share similar body types, but they play the game entirely differently. Right. It kind of seems like Herb Miller's a better fit for this system than Charvarius Ward is right now. Yeah, I would agree too. But, I, Maddie, I'll just be frank with you. I – I have started a fan club, the the herbivores. It's the it's the Herb Miller fan club. But if my guy Herb Miller is playing week one, 
we've got issues, bro. Like, I, I, I don't think even in a short-term kind of situation here, I want Herb Miller to be playing. Uh, but I, I think we could kind of say that right now about Charveris, too. Those first four games are going to be pretty important for this group. I kind of feel like they need more help still uh, until oh. Mo Claiborne gets out there. You were preaching to the choir. I am 100% uncomfortable with this group of cornerbacks. I think that Charverius Ward is a developmental cornerback. He's a guy that you stash on your bench that you hope not to play. You hope that Tremont Smith, Charverius Ward still. And that's not good for the Chiefs sit because he was kind of a guy I think they were leaning on to make this big jump. But he just doesn't look like he's ready with the change of scheme to be a guy that's ready to go out there and be an every snap kind of starter. And I'm with you. I don't want to see Herb Miller out there. I'm actually disappointed that you didn't involve Herbie, the love bug, in any way, shape, or form with any of your Herb Miller puns. That I'm very disappointed in you for that. So I'm not going to be part of the herbivores or whatever you're going with. <laughs> I just like I like how big Herb sounds. Like I just kind of like I kind of like making him sound like an older guy. Herbie just kind of sounds like meek and and I don't know I like this I like the big herb kind of I I think there's like a juxtaposition between like an old person name and like a uh you know kind of trying to imagine like a big dude so like I I've I've got my reasonings here Maddie vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Let's move on and talk a little bit about the wide receiver position. I think this podcast would be better if it was just a Herb Miller nickname debate rather than a recap <laughs> over what yeah, we just maybe. watched. You might be right. You might be right. But we got we got some receiver stuff we got to talk about here. Let's start with the big news on the night. Uh, Marcus Kemp is feared to have an ACL injury. Andy Reid has called it a knee sprain, uh, and he will not call it anything else until you know they kind of get more uh kind of clarity on the situation but it kind of sounds like uh a uh a, a very optimistic perception here and Andy Reid would even go on to say 
Uh, you know, he's been playing so well. It's too bad. I feel bad for him. He's a great kid, tough kid. So I, it almost sounds like he's kind of, you know, like, like a little bit sad and like, like some things happen to him, but I, you know, I think this kind of creates some question marks for the bottom of the receiver position now. I almost think this clears things up for the Chiefs. Like, you never want to see a player get hurt. And, like, I feel bad for Marcus Kemp because he is apparently having a very good training camp. I'm out here trying to watch for him in preseason to see what he's doing that's kind of improving on last year, what he's doing better than other guys. And I don't like that we don't get to see that now. But he has a great catch. He knows he's going to get hit in this game. He makes the catch. He gets hit and suffers an injury. And it doesn't sound good at this point in time. But as far as the Chiefs go – you're removing a guy that's gonna that was gonna make the roster pretty much for his special teams play, and so now you still have to fill that position. But now you have guys like Cody Thompson, Byron Pringle, these guys that were potentially fighting each other and Marcus Kemp for a roster spot. Like they're now, as long as they can fulfill his shoes as a special teamer, they should be good to go to make the team. Which kind of just makes it easier for the Chiefs to churn over the kind of higher upside talent at wide receiver. Right, and and it's it's a real shame for Marcus Kemp because you can hear the level of respect that Andy Reid has for him, and this guy is kind of a self-made guy who's you know kind of came from you know humble beginnings at Hawaii, uh, and and has earned some opportunities over multiple seasons here with the Chiefs. The guy that looked to capitalize on on what happened with Marcus Kemp today was a guy you just mentioned. And a guy that we are very interested in, Cody Thompson, had a great game uh, and played deep into the fourth quarter. So he got a lot of opportunities, uh, and uh, he he really capitalized on them. I really liked what I saw from him today, Matty. Yeah, and I noticed some people had pointed out that Cody Thompson kind of got in the game before some other receivers. But I do wonder if Cody Thompson got in when he did because of kind of the injury to Marcus Kemp. They kind of seem like a guy that are playing more similar positions when you compare them to the Byron Pringles, McCole Hardmans. These Cody Thompson, Marcus Kemp, they're a little bit bigger. They can be more possession guys. So I just wonder if he kind of took over his reps because he did continue to play the rest of the game. But Cody Thompson, I mean, he did everything he could with what he was given. The offense was not sharp. The quarterback play was not good. The offensive line wasn't giving the quarterbacks very much time. But when Cody Thompson was out on a route, especially over the middle, he looked good. He looked quick. His routes are amazing. And when the ball was thrown his way without him getting blasted in the back, he was making the catches. So he had a huge, strong showing for him. I'm glad he got a little bit more run this game, especially there in the fourth quarter to show some signs of life. Yeah, Cody Thompson uh, was the only guy to have more than two receptions on the game for the Chiefs. Seven catches, 69 yards, a long of 22. He had 11 targets today. Uh, I believe he th- he was uh, thrown passes from three different quarterbacks tonight, too. So he got a lot of run today, and he did make a lot of his opportunities. Uh, another receiver that uh, had a you know a impressive play here tonight. McCole Hardman got the name right, been working on it all night. McCole Hardman, one catch, 17 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, it was a nice play. Uh, it was a nice play from him, Maddie. Uh, outside of that, you really didn't get to see a ton from him. No, and I won't want to knock Hardman very much here because the whole offense was a little lackluster, but I was watching for him before that. I was, I'm interested in the wide receivers he wasn't getting much separation. He just wasn't doing much outside of this. He was getting stuck against the Steelers kind of grabbier, feisty nickel cornerbacks. 
They were getting their hands on him and really slowing him down off the line of scrimmage. Yes. The Chiefs come out, they go trips, they get McCole Hardman off the line of scrimmage, give him a little bit of space, and he hits a fantastic little stutter and go on the corner that leaves him standing still, and he creates a ton of separation. So it's a fantastic play for McCole Hardman. It's just more of the same. I know that he's very fast. He outran a guy when he was given that free release. Like I like seeing that, but I want to see him do a little bit more. Or if this is going to be what McCall Hardman is all year, that's absolutely fine. You put that with Patrick Mahomes in this offense, it's going to be deadly if you have a guy that if you just give him a little bit of space, he can make a touchdown or a big play out of it every single time. Yeah, and I, I thought, you know, I thought it was good focus on the catch. You know, he got hit, he saw the ball in. I think he made a little slight body adjustment to make the catch too. So that was good and that was a positive thing. But you're right. I think it's, you know, for him, his his uh, his opportunities, his role is going to be kind of limited if we don't continue to see growth and pro- pro- uh, progression as a complete route runner. Now, that being said, I think you've seen the, the explosive capability of him being able to, you know, get a free release off the line of scrimmage, being able to use his speed to get past defenders, to get deep down the field. Those those things still can play, but it's kind of the same old, same old to this point. You know, it's going to be, uh, you know, some manufactured touches, some vertical stuff down the field where he's getting a free release. Those are the places and the areas that he's going to have to have success to make an impact year one. Now, it seems like two games in, there still is a very clear path that he should be able to do some of the things that, you know, will allow him to have success. And that's a positive thing there. Um, you know, the running back position, a couple things I took away. Well, Carlos Hyde got some run uh, early in the game. He had one of the fumbles. What did you think of Carlos Hyde uh, in the opportunities that we saw with him? I mean, he was a guy I wanted to watch coming into the game. So I was glad he got a few more carries in different aspects this week he wasn't just stuck into short yard situations where the Steelers knew they were running so it was good you saw a guy that has decent vision he has pretty good vision for a running back he's a veteran he's been around a while so he knows how to find a hole he's not going to give you a ton that's not there he's a guy that's going to follow the blocks he's good at finding an open space he's not going to give you a lot going through it he's going to power through a little bit of contact being a bigger back and that's essentially what he did he was averaging a little about four and a half yards per carry. Most of that was blocked for him. Then he just kind of fell forward through contact until the fumble, which was a good play by the Steelers defender. Hard to fault Carlos Hyde on that one when a guy's jumping on his back as he's already going to the ground and just happens to knock the ball out. But you would like to see him hold on to that being a veteran back. He should know to keep it high tight at that point in time. Yeah, uh, and then like I think like the next six minutes of of play after that, there was like two or three more fumbles. Just, just no one was holding on to the football. It was just a miserable game. Uh, another guy at the running back position, though, that uh, a couple things that kind of interested me. But Darwin Thompson gets uh, gets some opportunities in the first half. Only the first half does not play in the second half, which I think that perks your ears up a little bit. But I thought he built off of his performance last week with another solid performance this week, Maddie. Yeah, up until the fourth quarter where Cody Thompson was kind of being force-fed the football, I think Darwin Thompson was about your only positive talking point for the Chiefs offense really going forward. He looked he looked electric. He looked explosive. That jump cut he had out to the left side was, I mean, it was probably the Chiefs' best play of the game when he was able to escape out of that. And he looks like a guy that brings a different skill set to the Chiefs' running back group. So he should be safe. He's going to make the roster. He should be a first-half player in the preseason games just because you already know what his particular skill set is. 
there's no reason to subject him to getting hit over and over again in the preseason when he's kind of already safe there on the roster. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Darwin Thompson, you know, I thought he took a step this week. I, I thought, you know, I, I liked he made a couple really nice jump cuts. I was able to get outside but still get upfield and convert some, you know, first downs on a couple runs. Uh, you know, I saw it. It was kind of some of the little things. Like, there was a, a play that he ran inside in between the tackles. There wasn't much there for him to work with, but he still got upfield and, and got a couple tough yards uh, to, you know, kind of make the, the next play a little bit more manageable. So I, there was some really good things I saw from him. Got He chopped another guy down in pass protection, Maddie. I mean, now we've got two straight games. My guy Darwin Thompson just chopping people down now. Yeah, and when you're his size, I mean, let's be real, that's your only ability to block a defender. So if he can just show that he can do that, if he's capable of doing that, that at least doesn't tip off a defense to what he's the Chiefs are going to do on that play. I still have no desire to call a play that requires Darwin Thompson to chop block a player because that just completely removes him. But right. he's at least showing some functional ability back there, which means that the Chiefs can kind of keep their cards close to the chest still. Okay, I've been getting this a lot the last couple days uh a lot of people are trying to ride darwin thompson rb1 starting running back bandwagon what are your opinions on that maddie i don't know if i've asked you this yet all right so first you got to start with just the general size and it's not everything for running back you can probably survive with some smaller guys but his he just doesn't have enough body to survive that many carries that many touches that many hits at the nfl level you don't want to take a guy that played at a small school in college, less games, then put him in the NFL, bigger, faster athletes, and ask him to withstand for 16 games. Like That's just a bad idea in general. On top of that, he's still not a complete back. Like you said, he's trying to run between the tackles isn't Darwin Thompson's strong suit. He's still looking to either take what's there for one, two yards, or bounce stuff outside. That's not what you need out of a guy that's a feature back every single rep. And as a pass protector, he's a chop block first, leak out into the flat second kind of guy. You need a little bit more if that's going to be your RB1. I love him as a change of pace guy, but he's just not ready to be that yet in his career. Yeah, he's got a ton of value to this football team, and, and don't make any mistake about it. We 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 are Darwin Thompson fans. We were Darwin Thompson fans before the, uh, the draft even happened. But I, I still just think... He's a niche role, but the the role he has and he can play in this offense has value. Um, and so, you know, I look for him to to make a contribution to this football team this year. I just don't think it's as a bell cow or a guy that you're really leaning on to kind of carry the the workload for this team. Uh, Maddie, another guy that I think we probably need to talk about. It's the first real chance we've got to see. Uh, Juan, Juan Thornhill get an opportunity to do too much of anything. Uh, first week was pretty slow uh, playing back there deep with, with the Bengals kind of just throwing these little dink and dunks down the field all game. But today you got to see Juan Thornhill a little bit active in the run game, uh, came down and, and made a tackle, I believe, on a running back. And then you saw a really nice play on the ball in the red zone uh, on a kind of a, I think it was a, on the way to being a broken play. Yeah, and it was nice to get to see more snaps out of Thornhill, get in the game earlier. Preseason, it's really hard to watch a safety, especially a guy that's playing deep most of the time, so you don't know most of what he's doing, but you got to see him flash up in the run game. you got to see him in a little bit of coverage there on the back end, 
And the biggest takeaway is he just has good football instincts. He understands the game of football at a level that most rookies don't. And I think that was evident when you go all the way back to his college tape. He just gets it. Whatever that it may be, he understands it. He may not be a perfect player, especially right now as a rookie, but he understands what an offense is trying to do in any given play. He understands route concepts, how to leverage runs and everything like that. So you see him come up and make a tackle against a running back that may be a bigger than him. He's still coming in at a good angle on balance. He knows where the contact point is going to be. The play's kind of getting broken up on that pass breakup in the end zone. He's able to find the most likely target and then transition off of him to the second most likely target as the ball gets released. So he just he knows what he's doing at a level that a rookie shouldn't. Yeah, and uh, it, it was kind of good to see some of those things that you, we liked about Juan Thornhill kind of creep up onto tape. Uh, Maddie, are there any big overarching takeaways that you have about this football team as we kind of close this thing out? I don't think there's a ton that I can take away just from this very this game here by itself. I'm excited. The defense looks tougher. I think that's my biggest thing right now. You see the first team defense and even going through to the second, the third stringers, this defense has more toughness to it. Darren Lee's considered an athletic linebacker. This is now back-to-back weeks where he's had a good stuff of a running back right there at the line of scrimmage. There's just more toughness, more physicality on the defense. They might not be the best defense in the league, but they won't be pushovers like they have been in the years past. You're going to have to earn your points and yards against them most of the time. I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. The only other thing that jumped out to me, I think Blake Bell had a chance to really take over that tight end two job here, especially after Deion Yelder got hurt. He really didn't have much of an impact on the game, whether as a blocker or a receiver. So it's just another competition you have to keep watching going forward that I think we all expected a few more answers to after this week. And it sounds like Deion Yelder is in a walking boot and on crutches uh, per uh, Brooke Pryor with the KC Star, I believe, is who tweeted that out. So it looks like Yelder uh, might have some injuries to deal with. Going back to kind of what you said about the defense, I think you know one of the things that is is worth keeping an eye on here is it might be difficult for teams to play that ball control stuff that you know some teams were trying to do to the to the to the Chiefs to kind of slow them down. You know if they're able to slow down the run games of some of these teams like the Ravens and the Patriots uh, with this with this group and with this unit. Uh, that could make it a bigger challenge for teams to try to play this keep-away game that some teams are trying to do with the Chiefs. And I think that's a good point. Uh, One thing, and this is just kind of a a very random thing to kind of close on, maybe we won't close on it, but uh, one guy you need to keep an eye on for a potential practice squad uh, spot is Dino Boyd. Dino Boyd was getting run with the second-team offense as the right tackle. Uh, some some guy I know on Twitter, his name is Kent Swanson or something, he kind of predicted Dino Boyd to go on the practice squad a couple weeks ago. But uh, I, he's starting to get some runs with uh, – that's a shameless plug. Uh, he, he's starting to get some run uh, with the second-team unit. Uh, I think that he's a guy that could wind up potentially getting an opportunity to develop on this roster uh, on the practice squad team next year. Uh, Matt, do you got anything you want to add before we close this thing up? 
mean, as a pure offensive tackle, I would keep Dino Boyd over Cameron Irving at this point in time. <laughs> Cam Irving needs to go back inside. I know the Chiefs are in desperate need of a swing tackle right now, but it is not Oof. Cameron Irving. You would yeah. be better off putting Andrew Wiley out of tackle if you had to. You could probably make LDT play offensive tackle for the first time ever in his life, and you would get better results than what Cameron Irving has put out there these first two preseason games. It has not been pretty. It has not been pretty to this point. Uh, and I think that kind of helps, you know, maybe a guy like Ryan Hunter potentially who has more experience as a tackle. Uh, he could be a guy that could benefit from some of Cam Irving's struggles if they feel like they need more uh, people that can play at tackle. Maybe a guy like Hunter uh, might get a shot to make this football team. That is going to do it for this uh, post-game show for Chiefs Steelers. Congratulations on surviving this game. Uh, first, uh, the final game that we should see Patrick Mahomes and most of the starters is next week, and uh, you should get a decent sample size of them against the San Francisco 33ers. I'm sorry, San Francisco 49ers. We'll catch you later. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.